Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Assange is reportedly going to release a whole bunch of stuff that's going to clear this up on October 21st. So, I mean, how do you, I mean, how do you, I mean, do you think Assange is going to help any of this or does it, does it matter if he does or doesn't? Do, you, do I think who, do I think the president? Do you think Juli- no, Ju- no, do you think Julian Assange, who is promising to release more right. information about this on October 21st, do you think he is is actually it's going to make a difference or do we we don't need Julian Assange? Well, I think, we... it, I think it, it certainly can. You have to understand that one thing about Julian Assange is he has absolutely a 100 percent rating when it comes to releasing information. He's been accurate 100 percent of the time. He's never gotten anything wrong. And you can basically look at him and James O'Keefe for the reason that Hillary Clinton, thank God, is not president. Because of those two people in particular, sorry, I'm picking up my son at school, that's what you're hearing. Of course. But because of those two people in particular, that's why we have President Trump, in, in my opinion. Obviously, a lot of other people were able to see through the sick, lying, dying witch and the corrupt Clinton Foundation and everything else, thank God. But ultimately, they, those two were responsible. So, yes, I do think that if Assange has more information that is smoking gun type material, it certainly will help. We've seen his release information start other investigations in the past, so I don't see why this one would be any different. Well, I, I, I get, well, here's the thing. It seems that when Assange, you know, basically revealed the corruption within the Democratic Party during the primary elections, it seemed mm-hmm. that that was what got the attention of the CNN, MSNBCs, etc., so forth. That they were for, they were forced at that point, especially when Debbie Wasserman Schultz was immediately fired. And by the way, I, I I don't know why this never got coverage, but it never did. When was the last time, whether Republican or Democrat, that the head of the party went to the national convention and could not and could not hammer the gavel? When was the last time hmm. that ever happened? You know what? I can't answer that question. Uh, I, I'm assuming it's never happened. It's never, never happened. Okay. Never happened on record. Right. That the what I find amazing is that they were talking about a contested convention on the Republican side. Meanwhile, I was running around and, and James, you can attest to this. I yep. said you have a better chance of seeing Barack Obama in Sunday church reading the Constitution than seeing a Republican contested convention. And yep. it just turns out that it was the Democrats instead. It was the opposite. They had a yep. 20 foot steel gated wall keeping the Bernie Sanders people out. Outside. Amazing. Isn't that just insane? And they were. They don't believe in walls and they don't believe in barriers unless Unless, (laughs) it has to do with their convention. And and then, and then look at the video evidence of them taking the Bernie Sanders. um, They were literally confiscating out of the audience Bernie Sanders signs. And they were literally, they were literally confiscating them from. And if you listen, the, the, I, Listen, it was amazing. I I watched the Democratic National Convention, and I was like, they are doing whatever they can do 
all the all the national news media is doing whatever they could do to try to cover up the booze. They are trying to do all sorts mm-hmm. of things to change it. But I'm telling you, that thing that thing was going to be an all out war. I mean, right. look at well, think, look at think that. About, go on. Well, the stage even even the way they had to set up the stage, right? They had to set up the stage to block because they were afraid that people were going to crawl up on the stage. That was, I mean, it was just ridiculous. Think about the fact that in 2012, I believe it was, they actually had an argument and a debate whether or not to put God in their platform. That's how far to the left the party has gone. Uh, the fact that they won't recognize Israel, uh, you know, as, as a sovereign state and Jerusalem no. as the capital. I mean, this is this is how far to the left these people are. I mean, this is no longer a Democrat party. This is a communist party. And if you've seen the movie by my good buddy, uh, Trevor Loudon, uh, The Enemies Within, anyone listening, please stop what you're doing. Write that down. The Enemies, E-N-E-M-I-E-S, Within. And uh, I don't get anything for promoting it, but I'll tell you right now, you'll never be the same about anything after seeing that movie because he names names. He shows and tells you who the communists are. He shows you their timelines of 25, 35, 45, 50 years infiltrating the Democrat Party, and it's unbelievable. So we do not have a Jeffersonian-type Democrat Party. We haven't had one of those for probably 40, 50 years. We basically have communists, socialists, progressives, collectivists, and Marxists now masquerading with a D in front of their name. And the Republicans aren't much better, to be quite honest. They're pretty much socialists themselves they're a different kind of socialist they're, they're socialists yeah. or just a different kind of socialist they're i i would akin them more to a canadian socialist that's the republican party that that's kind yeah, of how I, I, I would say that's probably pretty accurate too i think that's kind of what they are but you know what i i'm a big josh i'm a big old movie buff i love old movies i'm i'm a classic and when I mean classic movies, I'm not talking like 1970s. I'm talking black and white movies from the right. 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. And I happened to catch a movie that uh, was basically about prior to World War II of what Germany was doing and what they wanted to do. And it was a fabulous movie. Anyway, it's really interesting. The, the whole idea was the Germans were – they came in when they were espousing their Nazism in America. They said, "What we do is we create racial, we create racial divide. Mm-hmm. We create, we create. Um, what was the two things? Racial divide, and also that we create a divide in the masses when it comes to money. And if we yeah. create those two class things, then we, yeah, class warfare, class warfare, and racial warfare. That was it. Class warfare and racial warfare. And then what we can do is we can conquer America." And it will be German and the homeland will be in America. And I was like, holy cow, this movie was done in like 1940, 1941. And I'm listening to this and I'm watching this movie and I'm like going, oh, my gosh, this is exactly this is exactly what we're seeing again. This is just a repeat, except this time they have created literally they have created two giant mountains and there's no middle ground, which is, by the way, what the communists want to do, right? If you read, yeah, absolutely. And let me let me do some corrective history because we've all been told as children growing up that Hitler was a right wing fascist. Hitler was a democratic socialist. It was even the Democratic yeah. Socialist Party. He was a communist. He was not a fascist. 
He was a right. communist. He believed in the collective. He believed in handing out money to, to all the people and benefits to all the people and ruling and, and, and controlling them. So what's amazing to me is that these Antifa idiots, and let's call them what they are, they have no idea what their purpose is, what their cause is, what they're fighting for. They cover their faces like a bunch of children, and they run around and they call Trump a fascist. They call him a right-wing fascist. Well, obviously he's not a fascist, but let's just say he was, which obviously he's not. So what is their message? What is their goal? They want to replace what? Stalinist communism with what? Some kind of uh, Mussolini fascism? That's going to make America better? These kids are so stupid. These Antifa idiots are so dumb. They don't even know what their cause is about. And I would challenge anyone anyone on that topic to to contact the show or me directly and debate me on that because you will be intellectually eviscerated from that (laughs) i love you man you're awesome (laughs) wow i I, james i think we got josh fired up just a little bit i think i think i think we managed i think we managed i think we managed to to get Josh to come out of his shell you know and you know how hard well you know it is it is awful hard to get him to come out of his shell James, what do you got for Josh? <laughs> well, well, Josh, uh, b- b- before we let you go, uh, l- yeah. l- l- let's talk a little health care here. Uh, g- give me your thoughts on, on, on what you see going on w- w- with the health care situation. Well, first thing I'll say is the Patty Murray-Lamar-Alexander compromise is an absolute sham, okay? It is a total, total sham and let's hope and pray that Rand Paul, Mike Lee, Ted Cruz, and the rest of the conservatives shoot this thing down. I think you can do at this point because you have John McCain, Jeff Flake, uh, Rob Portman, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, Lindsey Gramnesty. You have these people blocking your agenda. You have, you have them blocking health care, right? Bottom line is it's not going to get done. So I actually am not a huge fan of executive orders. However, when they're used to dismantle eight years of destruction, I do support them. I hope that President Trump continues to do small bits and, and executive orders to undo the image of Obamacare. He has uh, already done one, which is uh, opening it up over state lines and allowing states to have more autonomy in setting up their health care programs. I think that's fantastic. That was basically what the skinny repeal, uh, the fourth one, the uh, uh, Graham uh, Cassidy bill was basically about. So he pretty much got most of what that was supposed to be done already. Uh, I'd like to see him do more, obviously. I'd like to see him open up more of um, health care to um, more different places as far as getting rid of the mandates, as far as uh, opening up health savings accounts, as far as uh, maybe uh, medical malpractice lawsuit reform, if you sue a doctor, you better be able to prove it. Otherwise, that doctor should be able to come after you. That would lower overall insurance costs. Uh, and then, you know, getting rid of the, uh, the, the mandates is the most important thing. Um, if there is going to be any kind of pre-existing condition coverage, again, let's be humane. You know, we're all human beings here. Uh, I think that the private insurance companies should have major tax incentives and tax breaks for covering all the people that they're going to incur losses on. So I think that there's a lot to do. There's a lot workable things in the in the process moving forward. But more than likely now, it's going to need to be done through executive action, little bit by little bit. Yeah. Well, listen, my I'm just going to speak for me personally as somebody who has his own business and and I have to pay for my own insurance and I have several friends 
who are entrepreneurs like myself or, you know, authors and speakers of what I do or, or own our own company. Listen, my insurance is out of control for just me, Josh. This, this thing is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I should not be paying $900 a month or $1,000 a month for just me. That's just right. me. Right. I, I have a family, friends, couple that were into that grandfather clause with Blue Cross Blue Shield. They mm-hmm. got their they got their new plan. They got the new plan and they posted today thirty two thousand dollars a year for two of them. Jeez. Thirty two thousand. Thirty two thousand dollars. Do you know what they wrote? They said, Find me. Just find me. <laughs> Just find me. Yeah. You know Well let me you know, it's funny that you said said that about the fine. First of all, let, let's make sure we understand. Obamacare is not something that sprung up in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, or two thousand ten. No. This has been sitting around since the 60s in uh, Stallings' desk, uh, former Congressman Stallings. I think he's still there. Maybe he's not. I don't know. If he's still there, he's 310 years old. But anyway, this is basically something that they brushed the dust off, and they revised a couple of things, and they threw out there. This plan, let's face it, was designed to become a one-payer system over time through attrition because it costs, on average, per employee, about $4,000 a year to provide them with insurance and benefits and all that good stuff. The fine was exactly half of that at 2000 on purpose. Why? So small business owners like yourself and others would make that decision to say, hmm, you know what, I'll give you an extra couple of dollars an hour, I'll give you overtime, I'll give you a gold watch at retirement, but tell you what, you go on the government plan, it's cheaper for me as a business owner to pay the fine rather than insure you. And that is how it was designed. They knew it would have been a bridge too far to get uh, single-payer health care done to begin with. And the danger that we have right now is that the inaction from the Republicans repealing and replacing Obamacare could possibly lead to Sanders care in the future with a one-payer system. This is what they're hoping for. And uh, that's what they wanted to do from the inception, but they knew politically they couldn't get it done. So instead, they put all the parameters, all the mechanisms in there to make business owners like yourself think it would be cheaper, because it truly is, to pay the mandate rather than insure people. And that's the sinister, draconian part of Obamacare that nobody points out. No, no, and people don't understand it. It is. It's absolutely draconian. And it's, again... What you're, what you're doing, and I hope people will understand this, the whole plan here is eliminate the middle class and t- create a two-class system. That's, that's, it really is. It, because mm-hmm. once, you eliminate, once you eliminate the middle class, and, and by the way, where does that come from? Well, hmm, uh, well, we call it communism where we create the proletariat and the bourgeoisie, and then what we do is we, we tell the proletariat, now if you want to take back your country, you need to murder all the bourgeoisie, which is exactly. what they did. They murdered all the czars. They murdered everybody up there, by the way, and didn't blink an eye, just nope. murdered them all. And then when they murdered them all, after they did that and they, and they had all the money, the government took all their money. And then the government said to the proletariat, you know what, since we have your best interest at in mind, what we're going to do is we're going to now own everything, and then we'll exactly. let you know. We're going to let you know wh- how much you get to keep, which isn't very much at all. And then you see in true communist countries an amazing rate of inflation, censorship, um, and cruelty, and 
if you think if if you think you want to go live in China, go live in China. Let's see how that works out for you. Look at look at Venezuela. Okay, Venezuela oh, yeah. was a prosperous, thriving economy, thriving country. Was close with the United States in trade and, and other resources and businesses. And then what happened in 1999? They voted for Hugo Chavez. He took over in 2000. He ruled that country till 2008. He nationalized the banks. He nationalized every business, the oil, everything yep. into the country, yep. education, everything. And then what happened after? Right before he died. He handpicked Maduro to take over, and from 2009, I think when he died, or 2010, to now, seven years later, they're eating their pets, folks, okay? They're digging in the dumpster for food. The, the zoos have closed. Why? Because people ate the animals at the zoo, okay? The, there's cannibalism going on. That's, an, that's a direct result of centralized big government communism. We now know that that is a dictatorship. We have lost another uh, country to communism. And for anyone that still supports Bernie Sanders or anybody on the left, let them see that as a blueprint for our future. God forbid we get another leftist in office. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, Josh, I mean, you can't, at people, but you know, you're going to get an argument, Josh. You know, Josh, you know what? You're, oh, but you're, socialism means well. On the Josh, surface, it looks great. Josh, that that stuff in Venezuela, <laughs> that's fake news, Josh. Oh, that's all need, fake. It's all fake. It's you, you all right. To, you need to stop. <laughs> yeah. You need to stop right. propagating fake news, Josh. Damn, Breitbart. Damn, right? I'm, I'm, yes. You, you've got to stop yeah. it, Josh, because... The Ben and Boogeyman. The reason they closed those zoos, Josh, was because yep. the, there was just not enough money. They didn't eat the animals. Now, no, we can't, we of course not. We There's not cannibalism at no. over 35 percent in the country of Venezuela in the past no. 18 months. Of course not. No, of course now, not. We, don't, we don't know where those animals went. They, we don't. We can't find them. But they didn't right. eat them. So, no, we just released them to the wild. We, yes, at the wilds of Venezuela, where they can survive. Yeah, their- there was a lower population of uh, uh, ocelots or jaguars, and therefore yes. they released them from the zoos so that they could mate and create more so that the species would continue on. Oh, how nice. Well, well, thank you for getting on board, Josh, because I'm just telling yes. you, it's just taken us a while. Yeah, to I've been you. reprogrammed just now. <laughs> Folks so need to wake up, man. We're it's... making fun of them on, on purpose because we want to show you the disconnect that many people have in America between the truth and what's going on. And as George Orwell once said, that um, telling the truth in, in uh, times of universal deceit is very revolutionary. And I am a truth seeker and a truth teller, and I will continue to do that each and every day. That's awesome. Josh, we, uh, James, I, I, Josh, first of all, thanks for being on today. Yes, uh, yes, you know, yes. How awesome. We, we appreciate you. And thank you for having a good sense of humor and letting me play a little bit with cynicism and sarcasm <laughs> with you. I, I, of all the people that I feel like I can do that with, I feel like I can do that with you without risking uh, too much harm, bodily harm or mental or emotional or spiritual harm. So I, so I appreciate <laughs> you being able to do that with me and, and having some fun because I hope people will see the absurdity. I, I just yeah. feel like they just will not see the absurdity of it, and I don't think that they really understand just how absurd uh, some of this is and how much news that you are not seeing that you're paying attention to the wrong thing right. because you're you're being filtered, folks. You're being filtered a narrative and a particular agenda. There is a reason an, why. An educated voter 
is uh, to the Democrat Party is what kryptonite was to Superman. It destroys them. It, and it, it destroys the Democrat Party once you're educated. You never hear the thing, well, I used to be uh, a Republican and conservative, and now I'm a Democrat. When have you ever heard that? It's always, oh, I used to be a liberal or a Democrat, but then I figured out what's going on, and now I'm a conservative. I've always said that the uh, default position in life is liberalism. You actually have to work at being a conservative. Yeah, that's true. And, and, I, and, I, and I keep saying this to people. I go, have you ever noticed that when you go to CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS, whatever I said, have you ever noticed that it's exactly the same news? I mean, there's, there's no – there's no difference of opinion. There is none. And, and I go – They all get this, together. They have a phone call in the morning, and they go, <clears> here's <throat> our talking points of the day. Does that – is that not problematic when you can't get a differing point of view? See, that should be – as an educated person, and I am. I'm highly educated, right? And, and yet I'm told I'm an idiot. But I'm highly educated. Master's guy working on his master's. I have my master's in science and doctorate work and psychology. And, and here I am, a highly educated guy. And I go, you know, one of the first things we say in science when I was in graduate school, one of the early things that you learn is if everybody's in agreement, there's something wrong. Exactly. And you can also chalk it up to the more educated you are, the more aware you are, the more that you understand what's going on behind the scenes and, and haven't been brainwashed, the crazier and nuttier and kookier you actually sound to people yeah. that don't get it. And yeah. that's a hard thing. You really – the only way you can get through to those people is instead of talking down to them, you have to talk to them and you have to ask them the questions of why they feel the way that they feel. And if they say, well, I heard it here or I heard it there, well, then you have a chance to educate them. But it's hard. It's very difficult. And oh, I've yeah. always said, as uh, my good friend Evan Sayet has said, if you love a Democrat and they're in your family, adopt them. Adopt a Democrat and help them see the light because uh, the more people that we can turn to the light instead of the darkness, the better off the country will be. And that's a great note to close on, I think, Josh. Absolutely. Yes. Th thank you so much for your time as always, and keep preaching the gospel, brother. You got it. We'll see you next week. Thank we'll you, Josh. Week. We'll talk Thanks, to you, Josh. my friend. Appreciate it. Josh Bernstein no with us today. And uh, before we let you go, Jay, uh, g g g give me a recap of, of, of what we uh, had today well, with Sheila and holy, Josh. <laughs> holy cow. I'm, I'm emotionally spent here. Um, I got to go take I'm a nap. <laughs> Good Lord. I'm telling you. Well, we, we started with Jennifer Fitzpatrick earlier in the day. And, uh, by the way, great, great, great stuff on caretaking. And um, she, was, she was fantastic and enjoyed her immensely. Uh, we talked to Sheila Zielinski, who is, um, by the way, uh, her Christianity, her faith is real. There's no doubt about that. And she's a real person of faith, and whatever you feel about that, um, you can't. I feel like you can't bash anybody for their faith in terms of being able to stand on what they believe, and she certainly does that. Josh Bernstein was phenomenal as always, and uh, this is the first time I got to poke the bear by having some fun and sarcasm with him, and he took it so well, and he was <laughs> a lot of fun. I mean, he really was, right? I mean, I. I mean, the more I, the more sarcastic I got, the louder he got, and the more excited he got about it. So, I mean, he was a ton of fun. And I'm missing somebody that we interviewed too, 
today after uh, Jennifer. Uh, the hand handbag chick. Oh, Megan. Uh, yeah, Megan. Oh, clutch handbags. Yeah, you got to check that out. That was cool. She was cool. Matter of fact, um, I'm waiting for the code because I've already I've already set up my order for my wife's um, stadium handbag. I've already set that up, so I've already done that. Seriously, That's because awesome. they had an animal print stadium see-through handbag, and my wife loves animal print, so I'm really cool. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I mean, what a great day! And then we did the internet doctor segment, and we talked about porn stars, and and we talked about how they're getting ratted out by Facebook, and yeah, Twitter going to 280 characters, and that's being rolled out to certain people. So. Yeah, we've had a great day, James. <laughs> Hell of a deal, my friend. Yeah, well, I mean, we've, we've, we've we've had Jesus. We've had... Uh, <laughs> yes, we've, we've, had, we've, we've had Jesus. Had, we, we, yeah, we've had all we've of had it. We've had it man. all day. It's, yeah, it's, all, it's, it's, it's all day. And it's been fun, as always. James, I, I am always so blown away that I get that you allow me to do this with you. Once I, think, I, think I, it's, I think it's a hell of a deal. It, 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 uh, listen, it's your show. I mean, I just feel I'm like my wife asked me, goes, why does he want you? Why would he want you to be on your show? She goes, I wouldn't want you on my show. But why would he want you? On <laughs> I show? wouldn't want you on my show. Well, <laughs> and, and I said, well, I said, I think it's because we actually work well together and I, I bring a different perspective. And um, I'm actually a pretty good interviewer. I said, I'm not a bad interviewer. And I said, and I think James and I kind of like each other and kind of dig our vibe and are able to be able to communicate well. And she said, she goes, yeah, but she goes, don't you find it strange? You guys have never met. And I said, no. No, said, because, because uh, I'll give you a good example of this. I, uh, I, I worked with a guy by the name of Bob Trieger, who is a uh, boxing PR guy. And I booked uh, everybody from Roy Jones Jr. to Sugar Ray Leonard, all sorts of people on this show. Anytime the guy had a, anytime the guy was promoting a fight, he got a hold of me, and he got hired by CBS Sports to do the Nico Hernandez um, debut fight at the Kansas Star Casino uh, or la- late last year. And I met Bob for the very first time in person, and we've been working with each other for 20 years. That's awesome. And he told everybody that he could see. He was like, oh, I want to introduce And he had a Boston accent. He was like, I want to introduce you to James. He's like, I've worked with this guy for 20 years. We just met each other today. So. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> Hell of a I mean, deal. I mean, people, I mean, people don't understand that. We have been doing the Internet Doctor segment for about a year and a half now. Yes. And, and then this thing that we started doing probably, what, nine months ago, six, nine months ago. Something like that, yeah. That we started doing these interviews, and it really what took off, and, and I will never forget it, and I am so grateful to you, is M- Melissa Francis, who is the anchor for Fox Business, and her book, um, Tales from the Prairie, because she was uh, on Little House on the Prairie. Yes. And um, Lessons from the Prairie, I'm sorry, um, Melissa. Anyway, that interview went so well and could not have been better and what people don't know is that her agent said we could only have her for 15 minutes yeah and um she did imus in the morning that morning and and she only got 15 minutes she only did 15 minutes with imus she did she ended up doing like 42 or 47 minutes with us 
on the air. And we had an amazing time, and she had a blast. She said it was just one of the most fun things, and we have that on tape, actually. Or actually, sorry, MP3. And you listen to that show. But, I mean, that really was, you know, to this day, I I mean, that has been awesome for me. I mean, and and I'm grateful to you for that. I really, truly am. I'm I'm always very thankful um, that you allow me to do this with you because this is uh, awesome for me. Too as well. Well, so you're is, the best. It is. It is going to be a, a heck of a deal um, coming up next week. We're going to talk to uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Olympia, former Mr. Olympia Lee Haney. I saw that, and uh, okay, people don't know this. So James and I talked <laughs> a, a little, little behind the scenes. Yes. Yeah, a little behind the scenes. So James and I will talk about the show previous, you know, throughout the week, and he sends me who we're going to talk to, and he sends me. Lee Harvey. Well, he, it wasn't Lee Harvey. It's just that I've got these eyes that I don't put my reading glasses on sometimes. And so I am Googling up Lee Harvey. And, of course, what am I getting? Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> and I go, well, he's dead. And so I write James back and go, Lee Harvey, who is he? And James writes me back and Lee Haney and sends me a picture of Lee Haney. And, of course, I know who Lee Haney is. Because when I used to buy Muscle and Fitness magazine, when I was in high school in the 80s, we, Lee Haney was on the cover in high school and college because we were all trying to look like Lee Haney. And yep. because he's like eight-time Mr. Olympia or something like that, yep. some, yep. some crazy number. I think he's eight-time, yes. And um, you know, Bill he was Heath, crazy. Phil Heath, I believe, is tied with him now. Yeah, he is. And he was the... Um, he was the chairman of the president's council for physical fitness for bill clinton i want to say he was also somebody else but i think it was bill clinton for eight years i think he was the um he was the chairman of the president's council for physical fitness and uh so he um you know he's he's got a lot of history and um certainly and so so anyway so james had to correct my eyesight is what he did on facebook messenger lee lee harvey wasn't his name because I didn't know who Lee Harvey was. <laughs> so do you know who else we may have? I mean, I saw you had Anderson, right? Um, John Anderson. Yeah, not John not Anderson. to be confused with the singer. That's the, yeah, uh, with, there, yeah. There, 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 there is a singer online. Not, no, not no, I, no I, listen, I used to listen to John Anderson, country music singer. He, so. he did a song called Swingin'. It was called, the, <laughs> yes, the song was yes, called Swingin'. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, and and uh, yeah, he did. He had a couple hits. Anyway, yeah. So Big John Anderson. Now he was doing Strongman, right? He was a strongman. He right. was a professional wrestler. Right. He's now an IFBB bodybuilder. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but I remember him. I think from more from Strongman, is what I remember him from. Yeah. Competing in Strongman is what I because that was like my thing, James. For years, my thing was Strongman. I love Strongman. Well, I've been I've been trying to pull some strings, and I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. But who you, who you I've been trying to, to get uh, Eddie Hall on this show. Oh, but uh, I don't know. If no, 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 Mario Pujanowski. Oh, I would love that, but I don't think a guy speaks a good enough English. We could we could carry forty five oh, minutes. I, I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't, 
I don't know. Is it is it what is it? Zerinus 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 Yes, dude. But he was he was like a champion for a couple of years. He was a big deal, and then there was Magnus Van Magnuson. Magnus, Magnus, Magnuson. (laughs) I always thought that he was great too. He was great. (laughs) He was great. Oh my! Oh my gosh! He was he was fantastic. I love it. Yeah, I, I man, I'm telling you, they used to go to South Africa and do the championship. Oh yeah, every, yeah, they right? would go overseas. I, I I always wondered why the hell they did that. I, I uh, do you have any ideas? I mean, I, I don't. No, I always to... I always thought maybe it was a situation of maybe they got drug tested, so they were like, nope, we're going overseas. Well, I, that was I, the only well, thing it, I could think of. It, 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 <laughs> well, I mean, that could very well be. But I I I wonder. I mean, is it considering all the that most of the people who are involved are not from the United States. All right. Most of them are from <clears throat> some other Iceland, country. Poland. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I was always wondering if Croatia, that was just a, just, yeah, if that was just a better location for the majority of the people who were doing it, that was, that was always my curiosity. If that was just a better location for them, because it was cool. I mean, it's yeah. cool, man. When they when they get to those stones at the end, right? The the the, the stones, the that stones, and that the yeah, the last one is what three three hundred twenty five pounds or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, and they got to get that thing off the ground. And oh, man, that thing is just wow, dude. That's brutal. It's a brutal sport. <laughs> brutal sport, but I love it. I I think it's cool. But yeah, uh, I think it's but, so but cool. yeah, I'm trying to get uh, Eddie Hall. Okay. So hopefully uh, that'll happen. Uh, another one that I'm working on, which will which will be sometime in November, uh, a by a guy by the name of Lord Morpheus. Oh, dude, <laughs> I, I know Lord Morpheus. Is. When you sent me, when you sent me the King of Kink, okay, really, that's what he is, right? Lord Morpheus, the King of Kink, <laughs> right? I mean, am, am I making that up? No, you're not. I'm really not. No. I'm really not. I mean, he's no, got a new not. book on how to get kinkier in bed. Yes, it's a bondage book. It's a bondage book, and it, and I he, mean, and it's, he, and he, he went on. He went on a big. Uh, he went on a big press tour, and I was trying to put together a, a deal to where we could have went and seen him in Oklahoma, but that didn't. That didn't happen. So yeah, weren't able to make that work. Yeah, because so, because because uh, we were because because I was hoping to kill two birds with one stone. I was hoping to. Uh, Dude, I'm just so glad that we didn't do him today. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how we would have handled Sheila Zelensky and the King of Kink. No. No. That would have been I... that'd have been weird, man. That 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 had been weird. <laughs> that been so weird. I could, there's no way I could have dealt with that. No. That would have been yeah, no. that would have no, I I would have I'd have creamed my pants you you you, you, sure. you you need to have the uh you, you need to have like uh frank catolo on uh, when, when when we talk to lord morpheus because then he could ask him about bondage and things <laughs> you know i did catolo's show you, you know that right i did catolo's show oh really i missed this yes no i did the chronicles i did the catolo chronicles last how week. did this work out so okay first of all it was like <laughs> he had me on first of all i didn't realize it was a live show Oh I yeah, thought we were, I thought we were just taping the show. No, right? he's he's live. He's live as live can get. 
Oh, That's oh, he's say. live. And so we started at nine thirty and ended at eleven. Yep, yep. Is what a, we did. Had a, by the way, we had a blast. I mean, we had. I mean, Cotillo is funny. I mean, Frank Cotillo is one of the funniest guys out there. I mean, he's hilarious, and he's really. And by the way, he he will come off as being. I, I think sometimes you hear him, and he comes off as being a little outrageous, and he's really smart. Dude's really smart guy. Seriously, he's smart. He's a smart guy. He's and, a, uh, he's, he's really, a hell really of a guy. What's that? He's a hell of a guy. Oh, he is. Dude, when we when we did the um, Salina, Kansas access TV thing. Oh, yes. I mean, he scared the crap out of me because I was trying to keep it together. And he was like weaving in and out of his viewing thing in this slightly dark room. You know, I've got lights, right? I've got these... <laughs> Yeah, the lights to light me up and everything. Yes. I mean, I have to use makeup to take the shine off my forehead. Yes. And, and Catola was in this dark room with his, you know, left eye all of a sudden getting really, really close to his camera. And you're like, dude, you're freaking me out here. I couldn't look at him. <laughs> and then we did the show. Oh, it was great. The, the, as, as, as they like to say, the prank is on. Yes, he, he was uh, fun. He was great. He, is, he was he great. Is, he is definitely something else. I, uh, I, I, I enjoy Frank. I, I have I I try to put him over as, as much as possible to anybody who I uh, run into. Uh, yeah. I know that, uh, that that there are people who uh, one of one of my buddies, Radio Dan, is, uh, uh-huh. is 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 not a fan of Frank. He's yeah. I don't know why, but um, yeah. it's all right. But to move on, he... move on, <laughs> move on, move <laughs> on. So. Uh, so I, I I noticed, but but before we let you go, I noticed that you uh, a photo off your uh, Facebook pra- page. You, you got to meet uh, who was this fairly recently? Some country singer? Some some? Uh, I got to meet Zach Brown. That's it. I got to meet Zach Brown. How did yeah, that go? That was cool. You know, I'm not into that type of thing. You know, that's not my gig generally is to meet celebrities. But Zach Brown is some is music I enjoy, and uh, he. he can I just tell you something? He he could not have been cooler. I mean, seriously, he was so cool. I mean, he was he was genuinely nice, and um, you know, you could see we got our hands on each other's back, and you know, we only had a few minutes, He's but he was really really cool, and he uh, his whole band was really generous with their time, and um, they were so nice, and and and. Uh, yeah, that was that was a cool moment, and we got to go. You know, we got to go before the show started. They were working on a Tom Petty song in honor of Tom Petty, and so we got to go to the working on the show and the creative process that they went through to do it, and it was really cool. It was very cool. It was it was a really cool concert, and I was really glad I went. And I I owe Wells Fargo say thank you, Wells Fargo, for <laughs> bringing us in because they're the one they paid for the tickets and they got us in. And, you know, my wife owns a real estate company in Raleigh. Uh, just go to lindacraft.com. That's lindacraft with a C. Uh, free plug. Um, anyway, uh, it, for all your real estate needs in the Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill area. Anyway, so uh, they invited us to go to see Zach Brown. And not only did they go to see us, we go see Zach Brown, but Zach Brown's chef cooked for all of us. And That's pretty cool. That was really cool. And the food was delicious. He did brisket and... He did some other stuff. It was really cool. And then um, they they fed us for free, and they gave us free drinks all night. 
So, wow. Yeah. And I got to meet Zach Brown. I got, I was probably five rows from him the whole night. And, um, yeah, it was really cool. It, it, it was, it was outstanding. Yeah. Well, it'd be a hell of a, uh, it, it, that's a hell of a deal. It was hell of a deal. And I, I, yeah, I mean, there's only a few guys that would, you know, would do that with Zach is one of them, but there's a few others that I would do, do that with. I, I missed out on an opportunity. I don't know if you ever heard of big and rich. Yes. Yeah, yes. So, um, big the guy who goes by big, yeah. not John rich. Um, I can't think of his name. All of a sudden, Anyway, he was in town and they were doing a dinner and they asked us if we wanted to do a dinner and I couldn't, I, I couldn't go. And, uh, him and his wife were doing a dinner at a friend of mine's house here and, and, um, we were invited to go and we couldn't go, but that'd been fun. A Garth Brooks would be fun. Um, that'd be a blast. I would, I think hanging out, if I could hang out with Garth Brooks for a little bit, that'd be fun. I'd like That's that. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Well, 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 you know, you're, you're, you're hanging out with all the big stars out there. Well, I'm hanging out with you. Jiggy. <laughs> you are you are you are you're like you're like my turnstile like i mean because of jiggy jaguar i get all these opportunities i never had before i mean i just i just throw your name out even here in north carolina i go hey you know i do the jiggy jaguar show no way i go yeah uh, would you like would you like us to bag your groceries and i go that would be awesome yeah and you know and like i'll go to the bank and i'll say you know i'm at the jiggy jaguar show they go really and i go yeah would you like to sign your deposit slip and deposit money. And I go, yeah, that'd be awesome. And see, that's all because of you. See, it happens. Yeah, it happens. Right. Yeah. Happens all, the- <laughs> <laughs> all right, brother. Well, uh, I'll let you go for this week and I will okay. uh, talk to you next week. Yeah. And don't forget about Lodi. Lodi's chomping at the yes, to get on. Yes. And we will, we will make that happen in November. That sounds awesome, brother. Definitely. Well, have yourself a wonderful day. Thank you, brother. Do the same and tell Miss Brittany I said hello. Yes, I will. Thank you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Appreciate Ciao. it. That's Jay Izzo, the, uh, the flim flam man, Jay Izzo. I don't know what that means. We're going to take a time out. Come back with more here on the big program. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.